Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey guys, welcome back to the Strong Mamas podcast. I hope you've had a fantastic week since we chatted with you last, hopefully a week full of healthy eating choices, awesome exercise, and perhaps even some maturing in the way you think about your body and your perspective about your health and your fitness. This week, I am back with my co-host and husband extraordinaire, Scott. Hey, everybody who we're actually going to get to know a little bit more today on today's episode. And Uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Buckle up. Um, and we actually have a pretty big topic today. We're going to really dig deeper into the way you think about your body or your body image. This is your self-perception about your body. And I know that this conversation will bring to mind all those times that you've probably stood in a dressing room feeling disgusted Maybe when you've put on an outfit and hated the way it fit. Maybe even when you see yourself in a picture and see all the things you wish were different. Or even when you find yourself in a big group of friends and you feel like the odd one out because everybody looks a certain way and you don't. So these are all those thoughts that we're going to try to tackle together today on this episode. I think the thing is... The truth piece that we need to recognize is that negative body thoughts are equal opportunity. It doesn't matter what you actually look or feel like, just about all of us have them in one fashion or another. And we're going to get into it in a bit, but first, I think you guys need to know more about this mysterious man sitting right in front of me that pops in and out of episodes like he's super sly. (laughs) So sly. I feel like our listeners deserve to know more about you, Scott. All right. Okay, so I thought this would be kind of fun to give him some pop-up questions. So let's see. I didn't prep you very much for these, so let's see what kind of answers (laughs) we're going to get. Okay, first thing. Scott, what is your full name, and do you have any aliases? Uh, My name is Scott James Dolman. Ooh, okay. Sounds very regal, right? Very regal, yeah. (laughs) Usually I only hear my middle name when my mom used to yell at me, but it sounds kind of funny to say it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I would say, you know, when your last name's Dalman, the alias is usually Dal or Dahl or something along those lines, but yeah. that's kind of a given. Did anybody, I feel like someone called you Scooter. Who called you Scooter? My grandma. Your grandma called you my Scooter. My grandma called me Scooter. Did you ever go by Scotty? I did not, actually, because my mom hated that. Oh, funny. So she always made a big point of it that I wouldn't go by Scotty. So I, ha- I have friends now that call me Scotty sometimes. Sure. But growing up, my mom always kind of put the kibosh on that. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. What would you say is your superpower? Something that you're really exceptionally good at? Yeah. Well, when you flow this out here, my first thought was, I don't feel like I really have a superpower. We all um, have a superpower. I know, I? but but then when you phrase <laughs> it as is what would you what would people around me say I'm probably good at? Yeah, I would say probably uh, knowledge and strategy type stuff. I'm I'm good at card games. 
Uh, oh, I will attest to, useless, to that. When it comes to useless facts, um, I'm the king of it. Uh, I don't know if that's really a superpower, but um, that's probably yeah. what I'm known for. It is a superpower if you are on the same team as Scott. Otherwise, if you're competing against him, you you might as well just go home now because he's going to win. If it's a card game, if it's like even a dice game, it doesn't even matter what kind of game. He dominates. Yeah, my friends tend to gang up against me and call it Team Beat Dal most it's of the always, time when we're playing yeah, games. Yeah, it's always Team Beat Dal. <laughs> Okay, what what's your favorite activity that consumes all of your time, money, and energy, and everything else? <laughs> what do you do all the time that consumes your life? Well, this one's a nice little softball for me. Yeah. Uh, golf. Go- golf oh. is one of my obsessions in life. Uh, to me, it's the perfect mix of something that's physical, it's mental, and you get to be outside with friends. So it's kind of the perfect mix of everything I enjoy. Yeah, and I know that you have dealt with and battled with anxiety and panic attacks and stuff in the past and golf has been something that has been therapeutic in a way for you very much it's a happy place for me again i get to to combine the mental and the physical aspects of really focusing on something and i enjoy that totally okay next question are you an introvert or an extrovert and why do you call yourself a social chameleon because i know you say that a lot you're a social chameleon so yeah, so I would say in general, people would consider me a little bit more extroverted. Yeah. Um, but I always joke that I'm kind of a type A minus personality. So if I'm in a room with a lot of other extroverts, it's easy for me to kind of slink back a little bit and, and not to be out front. But on the other hand, if I'm in a room with a lot of quiet people, I'm able to take charge if I need to, which I think goes to that social chameleon thing. I, mm-hmm. uh, I always thought that was funny. One of my best friends in college, uh, she once called me a social chameleon, which I thought was a great term. But I, I think she used that to describe me because I feel like I'm pretty good at fitting in no matter what scenario I'm in. Yeah. So whether that's at a dive bar with a blue collar crowd or whether it's at a black tie affair, I'm able to kind of blend in. Yeah. You can wear a tux or you can wear Carhartts. Yep. Either and way. I do both in the same day sometimes. <laughs> totally. Um, ooh, this is a good one. What, what is one thing that you wish women in general knew about themselves? So this is the one. You you did let me look at these questions a little while ago, and yeah. I didn't want to dwell on them too much. But this is one I really struggled with. First of all, I think that uh, it's a little dangerous because in the era we live in right now, to ask a guy what he thinks about how a woman should think about herself, yeah. uh, I, I don't want to presume I know anything. Uh, so I sat there and I prayed about it for a minute. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really struck out to me was I think that women need to hear, uh, you are beautiful. And you are uniquely beautiful. Hmm. But that that's not your identity. Yeah. I think that women need to hear that, that they long to hear that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they shouldn't find their identity in it. And uh, we all struggle with finding our identity in different things. Yeah. Um, but I think that God wants you to know that. Mm-hmm. But to know that that's not what defines you. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So final question, and this is going to kind of lead us into today's topic. Do you ever not like your body? Is there something about your body that that you have negative thoughts about? Because I think we're used to hearing women having negative body thoughts, but but what about you? What do you think? Oh yeah, all the time. In what ways? So I'm very much an ectomorph. 
Okay. Uh, it's just my body type. So hey, I'm by the slender. way, if you don't know what he's talking about, go back and listen to the ectomorph episode. Okay. Exactly. Uh, so I have long, slender body type. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier for me to be thin, but I'm never as thin as I want to be. Yeah. Because I feel like muscles don't show up. Right. Even when I am thin. And it's hard because people will say to me all the time, their perception of me is being thin. Right. But I notice every extra pound I have. And those extra pounds are never where I actually want them. Mm. I feel like I could work out my arms and do curls all day, every day, and still never be able to fill the sleeves. Yeah. Um, And for guys, you know, the old joke is, it's always arm day. (laughs) You know, dang it, missed leg day again. (laughs) For me, legs are kind of the easiest muscle for me to build yeah but I could do arm day every single day and never build it yeah Um, and that's hard and then I would say just uh, being able to do things again I have more slow twitch muscle fibers and so I'm not good at explosive sports I don't have good explosions so even things like golf I feel like I'm not as good as I could be if I had a different body makeup yeah yeah so that's gonna kind of lead into our topic today because I think we really need to talk about when you don't like your body when all of us don't like our bodies I know that one of your deepest desire as a woman or even as a man is to get to a place where you don't have anything negative to say about your body I mean wouldn't that be amazing that seems like such a pipe dream like you could like just only have positive thoughts about your body because there's always something you can find you look at pictures you always and the things you notice that nobody else notices but you always notice them yeah i think if we can all finally get to a place where you where we can be wonderfully content and grateful and actually like our bodies what an incredible place that would be right So I'm going to tell you my own story about that, and I think some people have probably heard this before, but I have definitely a big story about negative body thoughts. And for me, I, reflecting back, I kind of feel like it started in high school and then led into college, but I really think it probably started earlier than that, maybe even in middle school when everybody else was starting to develop around me, and I just, my body was different. It was not doing the same things. And... Back then, in high school, college, I, I had nothing positive to say about my body at all. If you were to ask me then, what do you like about your body? It would be like a deer in the headlights. I wouldn't be able to say anything. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to answer it. I, everything on my body felt thick to me. Like, if someone were to ask me, can you describe your body? I would say, thick. I have a thick neck, I have a thick waist, I have thick arms, I have thick legs. Like I genuinely did not like my body. And I I would play the yeah but game, okay? Where I would occasionally notice something that I might like about my body. Like some positive thought might pop into my brain. And then I quickly got rid of that thought and play and replaced it with all the other things I didn't like. You know, maybe I would think Oh, I like my ankles. <laughs> hey, beautiful ankles, sweetheart. No, I beautiful mean that is ankles. a thing for girls, like to have nice looking ankles. I don't know why that's a thing, but whatever. I would like my ankles, and I'd be like, "Yeah, but my waist is not tiny." Or I would say, "Oh, I like my 
ears. <laughs> it was really hard for me to find something <laughs> I liked. And I'd say, yeah, but my nose is crooked. Or something like, you know, you would, I played that game where there would be something positive that would come in and I would slap on top of it this yeah, but thing. And I know that I craved compliments. I wanted someone to step up and be like, no, you're this way, you're that way. But even if I got a compliment from someone, I refused to let it stick. I didn't want to believe what they were saying about me because I didn't see my body that way. So fast forward to now, this present place. I can honestly say that right now, I have more positive things to say about my body than negative things. And I have learned how to keep those negative voices quiet. And this is not because I've met some goals. It's not because my body has changed. It's not because anything necessarily changed to finally feel positive. It's all been mindset and heart. And we're going to talk about how I got there and how you can too in just a moment. But first, we're going to highlight the three big negative thought patterns. And I want to go through this with you so that you can identify them and spot them as they're popping up. So the first negative thought pattern that we usually have is that your body does not meet the beauty standards. Therefore, your body and you are somehow less desirable than others. So this is the negative body thought where it's all about how you look. This is like aesthetics. This is, this is how I always thought about my body. It, it wasn't meeting or matching up to what I thought everyone believed was beautiful. This is how the way you think clothes look on you. This is how you look naked. I know that, <laughs> I know that there's a whole trend in the fitness industry of look good naked. Like there's this whole idea of do these workouts so that you can look good naked. And that is feeding into this negative thought pattern that you don't think that you look good naked already. And so this is the first type of negative thought patterns. I think we see this one probably the most prevalently. Yeah, I think it's the easiest one. And I mean, we are surrounded by images all the time and curated images and especially with things like social media, especially like Instagram. Think about it. Just flipping through your pages, what comes up all the time are these perfectly curated photos with or without a filter and exactly the right angle and all these different things so you can have this appearance so that in a picture, you might for just a second be able to feel good. Mm -hmm. But the problem is at the end of the day, you're still relying on trying to meet some artificial standard that's out there. One of my favorite things is you look back over time at what is seen as beautiful. Right. I love looking at like the early 1900s. I think it was good. Or even like in the 1940s. Yeah. It was like probably on average 20 or 30 pounds heavier than what we think is the standard right now. Yeah, you needed to be curvy. You needed to... Be a little more on the larger side. I think right now the standard is, no, no, don't be large. Be small. Thin is in. (laughs) Do whatever you can to be small. And that's like this beauty standard. So that first negative thought pattern is that we don't measure up to the standard of beauty. Now, the second negative thought pattern that we might have is that your body does not meet the standards of how a body is supposed to function or work. 
And this is very different than aesthetics. This is thinking that your body does not operate well. This is when you feel like you're weak, you're always injured, your body might be scarred in some way, or maybe it's broken in some way. I know a lot of people can have these negative thoughts when they find out they have a lot of food allergies. They feel like, man, my body is is broken now. It's not operating optimally. And this can be, I think for those of us that feel like we've matured past the point of being so obsessed with our body's looks, this is what those negative thoughts can become. And feeling self-loathing about how our body is working. And I think this is what goes back to kind of what you said. You feel like you've had some negative thoughts about just the fact that you're an ectomorph and it doesn't, it's not a super powerful body type. Yeah. I wish I was more powerful. I wish I was more athletic. Yeah. I look at people and see what they're able to do and the natural talents they have. And I'm somebody who absolutely loves sports and loves to participate but I've had to make up for it trying mentally to outsmart people in the game where I can't keep up physically. And that's always been hard. Yeah. And so you can start to be really get down on yourself that your body is just like not measuring up to some standard of function. Now, the third negative big, the, the third big negative thought pattern that we might have is that your body used to be so much better. And this one is interesting because this one actually taps into both the first two negative thought patterns, but it also includes this aspect of self-comparison. And this type of self-loathing comes from thinking about how our bodies used to look or used to function. It's this nostalgia for something we used to have. So it can be either applied to looks or applied to function, but it's this backwards looking and it's this dwelling in a negative place because you're always comparing to what used to be. And what's really funny to me about this is what it made me think of is how often I take a picture. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, I notice all the flaws. I'm like, oh man, that looks a little overweight there, or I don't like this, or whatever it happens to be. Right. And then literally a year later, I look back at that same photo and I'm like, Oh, well, it wasn't so bad then. It's way worse now. And so even at that moment when I wasn't happy with how it was, I still look back with nostalgia to that moment and in hindsight go, oh yeah, that wasn't so bad. Totally. Oh yeah. It's just, it's all kind of relative. And I was actually having a conversation this last week with someone and she mentioned, she's like, well, everything works a little differently now that I'm 40 and it's really super frustrating. And it's this thought that like, I'm just regretting the fact that I'm aging and things are not looking or working the way that they used to. So I guess this negative thought pattern is kind of about aging. (laughs) But the thing is that there, there may actually be more negative thought patterns out there about your body that creep up than the ones that I've listed here. And honestly, I'd really love to hear your story, you guys, if you have one that you think falls into a different category than these. But I think for the most part, our self-critiquing usually follows one of these lines of thinking. I thought about this for a long time and I could not really come up with a different category of negative thought patterns about our body. So I would love to hear if you think of more. And honestly, one more thing to note is that these negative thoughts are not exclusive. You can certainly be thinking all three of these. You can simultaneously be thinking, I don't like the way my body looks. I don't like the way my body functions and I wish it used to be the way it was. 
So all three of those types of thoughts can be happening at the exact same time. So I think the big question then is this, how can you move past these negative thoughts and become a person that actually has far more positive things to say about your body than negative things? How can you finally become somebody that actually likes their body? And we're going to be really thorough with this and I'm going to give you nine, yes, nine, action steps that will help you change your thought patterns, okay? And this is when I encourage you guys to maybe pause the episode, go grab a piece of paper and a pen, or come back and listen to this later, jot it in the notes app on your phone. But these nine steps are crucial for you to get past this pattern of negative thinking about your body, okay? Here we go. Number one, start with words of truth. You know that when left to your own devices, you're going to speak negatively, right? So you need to look outside of yourself for truth and confirmation, okay? So I'm gonna give you a bunch of Bible verses that you can dwell on and absorb and meditate on that are going to be really helpful for you right now. These are words of truth, okay? What does God say about your body? He says that it was not an accident or an overthought, okay? In Psalms 139.14, it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and his works are wonderful. We know that verse. We've heard about it. But have we ever let it actually sit on us? I feel like we could say that about someone else or about our kids, you know? But to say that that means us, that's, that's a truth that we need to let sink deep inside of us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Another verse is Psalm 119, 73. It says, your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding to learn your commands. It's like this plea of, I understand that you formed me, but, but help me understand this a little bit more. Help me get the bigger picture of what all this means. And then in Isaiah 44, 24, it says, This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer, who formed you in the womb, I am the Lord, the maker of all things, who stretches out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself. So this comes back to this idea that he formed us. It wasn't an accident. It didn't just happen to come together. And that truth that you were formed specifically, you were not an overthought, that gives your body value and dignity right there. And not only were you formed by him, but you were formed in his image. Yes. We talked about that more on when we were going through the different body types, and it was the first episode of the body typing podcast series um, where it was the intro episode to that. So go back and listen to that, and I will link it in the show notes. But this idea that we were formed in the image of God, and each one of us reflects him even physically, in a different way. And if you're constantly trying to make your body look like somebody else, then his unique reflection that is in you, you're trying to change that. So understanding that you have been uniquely designed to reflect him a very particular way is a big deal. That's a truth that you can cling to. And then beyond what God says about your body, what is the truth about who he says that you are? your true identity. In Deuteronomy 7, 6, it says, the Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. 
That is a truth about who you are, your identity. You are a treasured possession. You're his chosen people. And then I love what this says here in Galatians 4, 7. It says, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. That's like royal talk right there. <laughs> if I am an heir of God, You're a princess. I'm a princess. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but that's, I mean, we, we laugh about it, but that's true. Mm-hmm. That's truth. And it's not some silly make-believe Disney idea about who we are. That's fact. And once we can absorb that truth about who we are, that starts to really change our negative thought patterns. Now, the final truth about who God says that we are and about what God states is that there really is no beauty standard. That's completely made up by humans. It's a total cultural thing. And just for example, you can go across the world and look at different cultures and what they emulate is beautiful. And it looks very, very different. Yeah. In one culture, having a very long neck is extremely desirable. Or another culture, having a short neck or being very petite and short is desirable. Having a large nose is very desirable. Having a large wide nose is very desirable. Where in a different culture, it's having a small petite nose. So The beauty standards change from culture to culture, but until we rise above those standards, we're going to be stuck in that thinking. And another one is even weight. Yeah. In some cultures, it's looked at if you are overweight, it's because you're fat and lazy. Right. In other cultures, if you're overweight, it's because you are a person of status and you are able to have access to extra food. And so being overweight is actually a status symbol. Exactly. So the beauty standard that we have been listening to and absorbing from our culture, you just need to realize that that's our culture telling you that and that doesn't even exist. Okay. So guys, that's the first thing (laughs) that we need to do to, to dwell on, to help dismantle these negative thoughts about our body. And it's just listening to what God says is truth. Okay. So the second thing is recognize when you're thinking too much about yourself. This is a big one. Remember that true humility is thinking about yourself less, not thinking less about yourself. I think, who said that? I want to say it was C.S. Lewis. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. We'll give him credit. It's either C.S. Lewis or Winston Churchill or Mark Twain. That's who you give everything to. Or Tolkien. I feel like he said (laughs) a lot of things like that too. Okay, so I'll say it again. True humility is thinking about yourself less, not thinking less about yourself. In Philippians 2, 3 through 4, it instructs us to do nothing out of selfish ambition or a vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Guys, the more we entertain negative thoughts, the less capacity we have in our heart and our mind for thinking about Jesus and for thinking about others. And boy, is that exactly what the enemy wants. Okay, so keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, not on yourself. Keep your eyes outward on others around you, not on yourself. So if you feel like you're constantly dwelling on these negative thoughts, you're thinking about yourself all the time. (laughs) So narcissism and being self-absorbed doesn't mean you're loving yourself all the time. It can be like you're self-loathing all the time. And that's not okay. Yeah, the problem is that you're focused on you. Exactly. Okay. 
So that's number two, recognizing when you're thinking too much about yourself. Number three is I want you to start practice flipping the script around. Catch your thoughts and say, yeah, but, but in a positive way. Remember when I was telling you how when someone would give me a compliment or if I had a positive thought come into my brain about my body, I would say, yeah, but it's this. So we play that game already. Let's see if we can turn it around. And so if you have a negative thought come into your brain, say, yeah, but, and say something positive. Okay, so here's how this looks. Here's the thought, the negative thought, I'm still overweight. Yeah, but I am incredibly strong and feel like I am consistently making healthy choices for the first time in my life. Okay, so you're replacing that negative thought. You're adding on like a qualifier to it with some positive thoughts. I think another negative thought could be, man, my knees are always hurting me. They're always in pain. Yeah, but... I'm still walking. I still got out of bed this morning. I'm still functioning and praise the Lord for that. So I think it's easy to just kind of self-wallow and self-pity in the negatives. And we need to start practicing replacing it with some positive thoughts or like, yeah, those things about your body are true. You might still be overweight. You might still have knees that hurt, but there are still positive things that you can be dwelling on too. Okay. So Number four, moving on. I want you to start noticing small victories and progress and celebrate the heck out of them, okay? So we have a tendency to refuse to celebrate until we reach our big goals. You might have a big goal of losing 30 pounds, 100 pounds, or you might have a big goal of crossing the finish line of a marathon. And sometimes we fail to see the little victories that come along the way, and we don't stop to celebrate them. And that's how people end up getting discouraged. And I think that's mm-hmm. so much why crash diets are yeah. great for people because you lose so much so quickly, even though you're doing countless other damage in other ways. Right. But your actual, if your actual goal is to lose weight, there are things you can go out there and do and lose a lot of weight very quickly. Now, is that healthy for you in the long term? Not necessarily. But we want that gratification of a big thing we want the big before and after but the problem is when you do things the right way and you're losing things a little bit at a time or you're improving your strength a little bit at a time it can become discouraging because you don't notice it along the way yeah and you feel like you don't have anything to celebrate you're like i have nothing to show for this nothing big to show for this just start to notice any progress okay have you managed to change one habit for the better Do you drink more water now than soda? That's awesome. If you can say that that's happening, you better stop and celebrate that. Are you able to lift 10 pounds right now instead of eight? Maybe last month you were lifting eight pounds and now you're lifting 10. That's awesome. (laughs) Celebrate it. Sometimes we feel like these things aren't big enough to celebrate. You're like, yeah, we play that yeah bug game again. But you have to stop and celebrate this because these are the things that are going to keep you encouraged and inspired to keep going. If all you're thinking about are those negative things, the things you have still yet to accomplish, the things that your, your body is still not measuring up the way you want it to, and you're never celebrating the awesome stuff that is actually happening, because I know they are, each one of you, whenever I talk to you in person, I can pull out things that you can say are positives, like, hey... 
I am actually eating more vegetables than before. I am actually moving a little bit more than before. You guys have these things already. And if you can start noticing those things, you're going to feel less defeated and you're going to be let dwelling less in that negative state. And that's going to be huge to move you past this place where your mind is constantly thinking negatively about your body. And I think an important key here is that nothing positive comes out of thinking negatively about your body. Right. Sometimes I think we convince ourselves that if we grow to hate something, that that hate will drive us to improve it. No. But at the end of the day, hate is not a good motivator for improving yourself. Yeah. And so the more we can have positive thoughts about where we would like to go, what we would like to do in finding those victories, it's going to be so much more successful for us. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Okay, so our next thing, our next point about how to overcome all these negative thoughts is to keep your eyes forward. Don't look to the side at other people and what other people's bodies are like, and don't look behind you at the body you once had. Guys, comparison is always going to rob your joy and strip you of those feelings of success, okay? It never, ever is going to lead to anything good when you compare yourself to someone else. So I always say, keep your blinders on. And this is totally a horse analogy. And I've said it before to other people and they're like, what do you mean? I'm kind of a horse person, so. (laughs) But if you think about it, okay, think of the Kentucky Derby. The horses are in the gates and they all have those little blinders around their eyes. They're like, cups that keep their eyes from being able to look to the side or even behind them because a horse can look behind them and these blinders keep it so that the horse can only see straight forward and they know exactly which way to run the race and they don't get distracted to move off to the right or the left or to worry what's behind them they stay looking forward and that's what i want you guys to do is to put your blinders on keep your eyes looking forward Don't get distracted to the right, to the left at what everybody else is doing beside you that are running the same race and stop looking behind you at what used to be like, what things used to be like. Okay, so keep your eyes forward, keep your blinders on. That's number five. We're getting closer there. (laughs) Hang with me, guys. Okay, number six. And this one, you guys, is going to be a kick in the pants. I'm going to warn you right now. All right. Number six about negative thinking. You need to be proactive and start taking charge to find solutions for ways that your body is not functioning optimally. So if you are sitting there wallowing in self-pity because something doesn't feel right, or you're not strong, or you're constantly getting injured or sick, or you're not reaching your own physical potential, what is that self-wallowing and self-pity ever gonna do for you? It's not until you actually step up to the plate and say, all right, I'm going to do something about it, that you finally can start to dismantle those negative self-thoughts about how your body functions. Yeah, I have a colleague that I work with and I appreciate what he says all the time is we'll be sitting in a meeting talking about our challenges. Mm -hmm. And what he'll always say is, I want to hear less about what we can't do and more about what we can do. Because talking about what we can't do isn't going to get us anywhere. No. So we don't need to worry about those things. Let's worry about what we can do. And, you know, that might seem a little bit cheesy or terse to say, but I think it's a really good mindset when we're looking at all of these things. It's so easy to focus on what we can't do Yeah. that we never end up putting any work into what we can do. Well, and I see this a lot because I'll have people contact me and say, you know, I'm just going to wait until my back feels better. 
or I really love your program. I'm super interested in doing it, but I feel like I need to get in a little bit better shape before I go there. Guys, you got to step in and actually start to take charge. So listen, if you're frustrated and discouraged because you're dealing with an injury or a pain or just your body's out of shape, then go see a PT. Go get connected with a massage therapist or get yourself hooked up with a good exercise program that can help you get past that pain or those feelings of weakness. There are so many women in my online coaching program that finally feel like their body is working the way it was meant to. There's no more nagging pain. There's no more non-existent core muscles. I've had just this last week, I had someone say like, I can't believe I'm finally feeling my muscles activate again in my core. I didn't realize they were still there. Such a good feeling. There's no more fear that an injury is about to happen at any given moment. These moms got proactive about their fitness and they've put in the work to change the way their bodies operate and the rewards are incredible, you guys. So if your negative thoughts are all about wishing your body was stronger and it worked better, do something about it. It's not going to do it on its own, okay? And I will say, you guys, if this sounds like something that you wanna be a part of and you wanna participate in my coaching group, you need to know that I am opening up my coaching group for registration for a very short time on December 1st. So get ready. And I know even still, there are some moms out there that are listening to this and they do have those feelings where they go, I want to be part of your program, but I can't keep up. I can't do that stuff. I'm not ready at all. That's why I think it's so cool that recently you designed your Couch to Strong Mamas program, yeah. which really caters exactly to moms in that position, mm-hmm. to women in that position in general, yeah. who want to be involved, but feel like they're not even at the base level ready. Yeah. And they feel like I, I want to do something, but I don't. I don't know where to start. I'm really overwhelmed with starting and I'm afraid that I'm going to do more damage than good. And that's exactly what the Couch to Strong Mama program was created for. And that's still available, you guys, on on my website. So definitely go check that out. And I will link that in the show notes too, okay? So the bottom line, no excuses. No excuses. Take action. You can get started no matter where you're starting from. Yeah, it's time to do something about it, okay? All right, number seven, I want you to start practicing complimenting others. I think this is big. And this goes back to getting your eyes off of yourself. (laughs) I remember when I was the most self-critical about my own body, I was also extremely judgmental of other people's bodies too. I was just hyper aware of bodies in general and things that were so-called less than ideal. But now I practice seeing the beauty in other people's bodies. I love knowing more about the different body types and being able to see someone and be like, oh, they're an endomorph. I bet they're super strong and powerful and I bet they could just dominate all of us in the room. And oh, they're an ectomorph. I bet she is like an incredible distance athlete. I bet she's really strong in her own ways. You know, to just see the the beauty in all of our differences, no matter our sizes, no matter our shapes or capacities, And I really believe that having that attitude impacts the way that we think about our own body. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think the key there is it goes from comparing our differences to celebrating our differences. And that just completely changes our mindset around comparison. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. And let's not forget that the second commandment that Jesus gave us was to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And usually we think of this differently, but I want you to start thinking about it like this. I don't want to obey Jesus's command and end up loving those around me in a hypercritical, judgmental, and negative way. If that's how I love myself, then that's how I'm going to love them. That's terrible. (laughs) If we're extremely self-loathing and hypercritical of our own bodies and the way we love ourselves is less than ideal, guess what? This is probably going to affect the way that we love other people. There's this interplay, there's this relationship about how we treat and view other people's bodies and how we start to notice and complement the beauty and the differences of other people's bodies around us and how that also affects the way that we view our own bodies. Okay, so number eight, the next thing I want you to practice is receiving compliments and actually believing them. (laughs) I think this is much harder than giving compliments. This is hard. Yes, it's great to like compliment others, but if someone comes up to you and compliments you, this is tough, especially if we've spent years deflecting compliments and adding those yeah, but qualifiers onto every compliment. So if someone notices something about your body and compliments you, practice saying, thank you. I appreciate that you said that. And don't add anything to it. Don't add, yeah, but I'm still working on this. Or yeah, but I wish things were this way. Or thanks, but, you know, stop saying that. And I think part of it is that we want to appear humble. Right. Somebody gives you a compliment, and so we feel like we have to deflect it a little bit. Number one, just to make us look more humble, whether we say that or not. (laughs) But then it can go into the self-loathing and and the negative thoughts as well because we don't have a positive image. But I think even if we do have a positive image, sometimes we want that sense of humility. Yeah, and guys, we've got some great opportunities to practice this coming up with the holidays when we're going to be around a lot of people, a lot of family members. And I want you to, to at least one time practice this. If someone says something about you or compliments you in some way, take that compliment and don't add a qualifier to it. Okay. So that's your task going into the holidays. All right. Number nine, we've reached the end. And finally, this, this one I think is the overarching theme. And this is taking your thoughts captive. This is really what all the others are about is not letting your thoughts about your body just run rampant in your mind and your heart. I want you to practice constantly running your thoughts through a filter to decide if you're going to sit and entertain that thought or to kick it out the door. Well, and actually, I guess the imagery here is not just kick it out the door, but hold it hostage, (laughs) take it captive. This goes back to the verse in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. And usually we... We only think about verse 5, where it talks about taking our thoughts captive. But I'm going to read you verses 3 through 5 because it's very, very powerful. Okay, listen to this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I want you to memorize this. 
I want this to be your mantra. I want this verse to be your personal manifesto. You need to start refusing to let yourself be a victim to your negative thoughts, to these negative strongholds and arguments and pretensions that butt themselves up against the knowledge of God. Start taking each and every one of these thoughts captive. Hold them hostage. These negative thoughts have no power over you. You are free. Start living like you are. So earlier I told you that I used to think so negatively about my body that I never had anything good to say about it. But now I can honestly say that I have more positive thoughts than anything. And it wasn't because I finally reached my goal or reached a certain clothes size or certain weight or whatever. It had nothing to do with that. It's, it was all about my mindset and all about my heart. And you have to realize that this is exactly how it will work. Your negative and damaging thoughts will not miraculously disappear the moment you reach your goals. They're just going to change shape somehow if you don't deal with them now. I can honestly say that I like my body now (laughs) because I'm constantly taking these negative thoughts captive. I'm replacing them with truth. I'm replacing them with what God says about my body. I've been practicing receiving compliments. I've been working on rejoicing over little victories. And honestly, I'm abiding in the eternal love of a father that created me with such special care and precision. And guys, that's our deepest hope for you too. And our prayer for you this week. Go back and listen to this episode again if you need to. Take notes, memorize the verses. I know there were a lot in there, but those verses are life. They are power. And this is a battlefield that requires action and grit. But you've got this. I know you do. So thanks so much for taking time to be with us today. I really, really appreciate you being here. I know there's other places that you can be, but I really hope that every time you sit down with us and listen to the Strong Mamas podcast, you pull out things that can help you grow and mature into a stronger woman. Make sure to take the time to leave a quick review. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. And until next week, we'll talk to you later. Thank you.